Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom to you here and those who are listening to us at home. We're soon going to be closing the books on 2020. That's an exciting thought. What a year. Amidst the uh, darkness and gloom of the season, there is hope also, and there was especially a hopeful day this week. Monday was an historic day. The day when the first vaccines were shot into the arms of the first Americans. We can now see the light at the end of this dark corridor. We now know how this pandemic will end, and we have a better idea of the timetable as well. I dream of the day when we can get back to Jewish normalcy, when our congregation can reunite together. I dream of a packed sanctuary, maybe in September for the holidays. I dream of happy congregants and joyous celebrations. Monday also marked the day of the Electoral College vote, the strongest sign yet that we will be able soon to get back to a semblance of political normalcy. I dream of that day when an incompetent and dangerous president is finally removed from the seat of enormous power that we granted him, from where he has wreaked such enormous havoc and damage on our country. So along with the nightmares of these days, I've also had good dreams this week, dreams of restoration and repair. Dreams are a big theme of this week's Torah portion, Miketz. Joseph's dreams are about to come true. He will soon become the viceroy of Egypt. Everyone will bow down low to him just as he had dreamt they would all those years ago. Joseph has two central attributes in connection with his dreams. First, he dreams constantly of big things. He tells his brothers about his dreams of high ambition. He tells them of his enormous talents, especially in comparison to them, and that one day everyone will bow down low to him, including them. Of course, his brothers respond as all siblings would respond to such a brother. They try to kill him. But in the end, they throw him into a pit and sell him into slavery. It's important to have big dreams. Dreams of personal fulfillment, of maximizing our God-given talents. Joseph wouldn't have achieved his ambition had he not had those dreams in the first place. The Talmud contains a profound statement. Rabbi Levi said, we learn from Joseph that one should wait as long as 22 years for a good dream to come true. Rabbi Levi was referring to the biblical chronology. 22 years had transpired from the day that Joseph told his brothers that they would bow down low to him to the day that they arrived in Egypt and bowed down low to him. It often takes years, sometimes two decades or more, to realize our dreams. If it is a good dream, a worthy dream, then it's hard. And if it's hard, it takes a long time. 
The second attribute that Joseph possesses is not only that he dreams big dreams all the time, but he also has this unique capacity to interpret dreams. In this week's Torah portion, he interprets Pharaoh's dreams in such a way as to make his own dreams come true. He becomes second in command of all of Egypt, responsible for stockpiling food in preparation of the famine that he predicted. And he puts himself in charge of distributing the food during the famine years. Only Pharaoh himself reigns above Joseph. How we interpret our dreams will often determine their outcome. The Talmud contains this amazing thought. Dreams are fulfilled in accordance with their interpretation. In other words, the act of interpretation itself shapes the outcome of the dream. We will become what we think we were meant to be. According to our sages, an uninterpreted dream is like an unread letter. It has the potential to change our lives, but only if we unseal it. The best dreams of all are those we interpret not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others. That is what Joseph eventually comes to understand. This pretty boy, this egotistical dreamer who dreamt only of himself, of his own personal ambitions, eventually interprets his dreams for the benefit of others. After revealing his identity to his brothers, he reassured them, it wasn't you who sent me here, but God to save life. While so much of his life, Joseph's dreams were entirely self-centered. Ultimately, 22 years later, Joseph now interprets his dreams not only for his personal benefit, but for others. His dream was connected to a bigger cause, his family, his people, and all people, the Egyptian people as well. Our own American dreamer taught us the same le lesson. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. When our personal dreams are interpreted by us as deeply rooted in other people's dreams, then we can truly say our dreams are good. When Joseph realized that his personal dreams were the vehicle through which other people could realize their dreams, that his own dreams were deeply rooted in the Jewish dreams, then he could in fact say that his dreams came true. Let us dream of better days next year, dreams of health and well-being for ourselves, but not only for ourselves, for others as well. Dream of better days for those who have lost jobs, those who don't know how to pay their bills, who fear evictions from their homes, who are lining up in their millions for food. Root 
your dreams in theirs. May their dreams come true as well. Hunger is actually a central theme of this week's Torah portion. When Pharaoh revealed his dream to Joseph, you remember of the seven lean cows consuming the seven fat cows? Our sages asked, what is the significance of the seven lean cows remaining lean even after consuming the seven fat cows? The lean cows continue to look sickly. Why? asked the rabbis. And they responded to teach us that one who has bread in his basket is quite different from one who has no bread in his basket. What the sages meant is that the lean cows remained lean even after eating the fat cows because they know that they will soon be hungry again. The famine will last for seven years. They have no bread in their basket, no reserves. They live from hand to mouth, from day to day. Knowing this, knowing that they will soon be hungry again, they do not change appearance. They cannot be satiated by one meal. They'll be hungry again soon thereafter. Hunger is so destructive that even after a hungry person eats a good meal. We know this from our own shelter here. If the conditions of hunger persist, it's impossible to be content. Even your physical demeanor remains unchanged. The anticipation of future hunger impedes even temporary satiation. As those who have documented the effects of persistent hunger on the body and the spirit testify. Hunger erodes everything. The anticipation of hunger tomorrow erodes values today. The fear of hunger, just the anticipation of famine, makes it impossible to live well. It keeps you lean, even if you have a meal today. The present and forfeited to the future, even if we have a meal today. May we have good dreams this year. May these dreams come true. And we, may we know joy for ourselves, but not only for ourselves, for our neighbors and for the world entire. Amen.